Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening where you gather us together in your house as we rejoice in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would guide our hearts by your Spirit. Lead us to hear your word and let it sink deeply within our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you imagine those days leading up to that birth? I mean, many of you have seen women pregnant, right? I mean, there's some time involved there. There's a few, you know, nine months or so generally around that time, 40 weeks, somewhere in that range, as a child grows within the belly. You remember, Mary had gone when she was about three months pregnant or so out to see her cousin Elizabeth. Three or six months, I always get my numbers mixed up. But either way, she went to go hang out with her cousin for a little while out in the countryside and wait until John the Baptist was born, Elizabeth's boy. And Mary was there with her up until that time. And then she would go to Nazareth and be with family. And in the middle of all of that, and even a little before, she was betrothed, engaged to Joseph. You can imagine Joseph's confusion with a few things. But as time went on and they would then find themselves heading from Nazareth down to Bethlehem for about a five, six day walk or so, you know, they had to head down there for a census that was going to take some time. There were family members gathering together into the homes, filling the homes of Bethlehem in a way that that town hadn't been filled in quite a while. I mean, you know what that's like when family comes to visit, Right? Kind of experiencing a little bit of that this weekend, right? Family comes into town, the house is a little fuller, the rooms are a little fuller. Maybe there isn't a guest bed, maybe there's an air mattress, maybe you get the couch. Maybe you have a hotel, I don't know. But as everyone gathers together and you start going around wondering, is there going to be enough food in the marketplace? Is there going to be enough food on the table? Is there going to be enough fudge? Is there going to be enough peppermint bark? Are there going to be enough cookies and pie and everything else that's wonderful and delicious, right? As Mary and Joseph would make this trip down through the desert, down through the pathways and roads, and they would make their way down to Bethlehem, pregnant as she was, I think we get the picture a little too fast in Scripture sometimes. These things take time. It takes a little time to walk from town to town. It takes a little time for that baby to grow and be born. And as they gather together in Bethlehem in this town down in the south below where Jerusalem is at, it would have been a hustle and a bustle of a city. Everybody going every which way, trying to find out what they could buy in the market for their family that was in town, trying to figure out where they needed to go to go check in for the census. And then in the middle of all of that, here she is about ready to give birth, nine months pregnant in the middle of all of it, wondering when that day was going to come because you never really know exactly when that day is going to come. And man, it wouldn't be fun being there away from family. Remember, it wasn't Mary's family that was down there in Bethlehem. It was De or Joseph's family. Mary's family hanging out in Nazareth. Everyone that would have been of a lot of support was all up there. She's down there with the in-laws. Remember Christmas at the in-laws? Sometimes it's fun. 
Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's challenging even with our own family. So you can imagine even Joseph standing there with everybody trying to explain why his engaged bride is about to be, give birth. They haven't really even been married yet. can imagine the talk. can imagine all of the things going on over the eggnog and apple cider there in the middle of Bethlehem as they tried to figure out how this actually happened. And Mary the whole time is saying, look, it's, it's a holy thing. An angel told me. And they're like, yeah, sure, an angel, right. Uh-huh, that's how it always happens. But Mary, trying to remain calm, trying to maybe put her feet up every now and then as a pregnant mom is going to want to put her feet up, this young lady there with her first child, trying to figure out what it was all going to look like, sitting in the middle of Joseph's family's house. And finally, finally the time comes. Finally, there starts to be some tension in the belly. Finally, there's a moment where she knows it's time. It's happening. The baby is on its way. And they say, not up here. Get down to the manger. Get down to the place where the animals feed. Get over into the place where a little bit of mess is going to be okay, but not up here where the holiday dinner is cooking. Well, okay, it wasn't a holiday, a census dinner. Where the census dinner is cooking and where family's gathering together, uh uh-uh. Get down away. Leave the upper room of the house. Go down into the basement. It's kind of interesting to think on that for a second, isn't it? I mean, think of this. The beautiful, perfect Son of God from all eternity, this Word that was present at creation, this Word that was present before the creation of all things, this voice that would speak over the waters and bring life into the midst of things and make light happen because God said so and make life appear because God said so. Make trees and animals and and separate the waters from the land and all this stuff leaves the glories of heaven to walk down into the basement and take on flesh and be born like you were. And the mess and the muck and the dirt and the brokenness and all the things that go on in our world that aren't going just right. He takes up residence here. That's pretty amazing. The fulfillment of prophecies happening. The birth of a child happening. The promise of God to Adam and Eve being fulfilled in this little baby down in a manger with cows and sheep and shepherds running by to say hi. It's happening. What an amazing time to be in the middle of. And then you've got Joseph. A man who we really don't get a whole lot of words from in the Scriptures. This strong, silent man of the relationship who wanted to do things properly and keep some sense of of honor to his family name as he's going down to this census and finds out about Mary over the weeks previously and sees her growing a little bit because there's only so much you can hide for so long. And says, you know what? I'm just going to let her go to be with her family quietly. I'm going to let her go so that the rest of society won't shame her or anything along those lines. And I won't bring shame upon my family name. I'll just quietly let her go back to the family, and handle things on her own. Until an angel came 
Gabriel showing up to Joseph. Joseph, it's all right, man. Don't freak out. Because I know you want to. Joseph, that's God's son in there. Joseph, that's a holy child in her belly. Joseph, what she is carrying and who she is carrying is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, protect her. Protect him. Take care of him. Raise him up. Speak into his life. Show him how to wield a hammer and a chisel. Show him what it means to build and create. (laughs) That's kind of funny, isn't it? Joseph, show the Son of God what it means to bring things into order for a house. Show him what it means to lead. Joseph, take care of this child. Take care of his mother. Can you imagine being Joseph in that moment while all that's happening? Trying to figure out what it all means. And then to hear that one burden is off your shoulders, you don't have to figure out the name. That's pretty cool. I mean, how many of you that have had kids have struggled over what you're going to name your child? How long does that discussion go on for? I mean, how long did he and Mary talk about what they were going to name him? Was it going to be Joe Jr.? Was it going to be Mary's dad's name? Was it going to be somebody else? You know, what were they going to give as the family name for this little child? It would be nice if an angel came to each one of us and said, hey man, here's your kid's name. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to figure out what's trendy. You don't have to figure out what people are going to make fun of. Here's the name. You ready? God saves. Like, that's presumptuous. But from an angel. Can you imagine having your child with a name like that wondering, what, how is that all going to play out? What's that going to look like? What do you mean this child is here for salvation? The only thing we give for the salvation and for the sake of people's sins is sacrifice. What do you mean God saves? And that he's going to save his people? Save his people from what? Save his people from the Romans? Save his people from anything else going on in the world? Save his people from sin? I can't imagine the thoughts that rolled around in Joseph's head during that time. I'm sure thoughts have rolled around in your head, though, too, of what all that means. What does it mean for Jesus to have come into the world? What does it mean for God to have sent his son into our flesh? What does it mean for him to have had to be a sacrifice for us? What does it mean when the things that we do separate us from God and we need something from outside of us to make it right, something to bring peace between us and the creator of all things, some word to come into our lives, to land within our ears, to sink within our hearts, to shape us to trust in a promise that's millennia old of forgiveness, of one who would defeat death, of one who would bring life. It's a big thing to wrestle with. Sometimes we forget it in the midst of the fudge and the cookies and the eggnog and the presents and the lights and everything else that is so beautiful and joyous this time of year. As our families gather together into the hustle and bustle of Christmas, don't forget, it's happening. Jesus is present for you 
Jesus is here for you. Jesus has died and risen again and lives for you. It continues on for you. Your forgiveness happens by his word. His forgiveness for you happens. Every time you get to hear it proclaimed in your ears, his forgiveness is constant for you. The life that he has brought to you continues to happen. Death continues to be defeated because as our loved ones live and die in faith. God continues to hold on to them into eternity as they will for you. Continues to happen. All these beautiful blessings that God has given to his people that he fulfilled in that promise of Christ in the first coming when he came into our flesh and lived as that little child and raised by Mary and Joseph and the family and walked all over those roads of Jerusalem and throughout what is now Israel throughout all that land, from Galilee down into the desert and across the Jordan and all those places. As he lived in that day, he continues to live for you. Lives in the presence of the Father, family, gathered together. As they continue to care for everything they created and brought into being, as he continues to be your advocate and speak for your good, and every time those things come up in our lives that separate us, Jesus stands there before the Father and looks at him and says, No, Dad, remember I died for them. And I rose for them. That's what he's done for you. It's happening all the time, every single moment. Jesus there for you, bringing forgiveness, continuing to do what he has been called to do, continuing to live up to his name. God saves his people, salvation in action. What an amazing name for our Lord to carry. Thanks be to God that he continues to do all that. So just remember, it's happening. If you happen to forget, Oh, give me a call. I'll remind you. God continues to love you, continues to forgive you, continues to hold on to you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for continuing to have your love shown in our lives and spoken into our ears by all those you bring into our lives to say it and to be with us. And to show us love as we have seen your love for us. The only love is from the Father as we saw Jesus. Your love with flesh. Your love living and breathing. It has brought joy and hope and peace. And we pray that you continue to guide us. And when our eyes get distracted from Christ, that you would bring our eyes back to him to know that all that you have promised to do for us continues to happen in him. In Jesus' name, amen.